Listen to this lineup, folks. Play those oldies, Mr. DJ. It was this relaxed voice that drew in listeners all over the country. My first original New York doo-wop album. But in 1976, the airwaves went silent when this popular DJ was discovered dead in his car. didn't surprise me when I heard what happened. There was a streak in him of bad that even he couldn't control. They were intent on making sure that he wasn't going to survive. I'm Leslie Ackerson. And I'm John North. This is Appalachian Unsolved, the podcast. You understand. The man behind the mic, that is Gus Gosser. He was a celebrity DJ known all across America. It was the 60s and the 70s, and he was kind of at the peak in the music industry. He was a young guy. Yeah, he was really young. He was only 33 years old when he was found shot dead. He'd gotten into the radio business, I think, in the mid-20s. Sort of the radio bug bit him when he was at UT, according to people that we talked to who didn't want to be interviewed on camera. Um, but he fell in love with being a, a broadcaster. Gossard was quite a well-known person from coast to coast. He'd worked in radio stations in California, Hawaii, New York. And even though he had worked in New York and the Big Apple, all these fancy places, he ended up back in Knoxville because he was the UT graduate and was spinning records at a place called WOKI Radio out in Oak Ridge. Everybody, welcome to that He'd fallen on some hard times. I think he was looking to kind of recover because he had he knew people here from his UT days, as you say, after he did some time apparently in New York in a drug case in the 70s, he was looking to sort of get his life back together. He was involved with the drug scene quite heavy. He had been paroled out of the penitentiary out of New York for a drug conviction and it came down here. So Gus Gossert is in prison in New York for these drug charges. He gets out on parole tries to shape his life up, moves down to Knoxville, hopefully wishing he'll get back to New York eventually, uh, but that doesn't happen. Not far from where he did this gig at WOKI, his body was found on this kind of random rural road out in West Knox County. He was found on Watt Road, dead in his car with three gunshot wounds. And it actually, he'd been there a day or two when his body was found. Forty some years ago, that would have been like way out in the middle of nowhere, Watt Road. Um, today, it's probably one of the busiest corridors we've got in Knox County with all the trucks zooming by. But yeah, back then, I guess he decided he was going to meet somebody that nobody would detect him. We talked to Chief David Davenport, who is a veteran cold case investigator. He's worked dozens of these and reanalyzing the evidence, him looking at that, the pictures. Somebody shot him, left him in his car. He was shot at least three times. They had to be either shooting through the window or sitting in the seat with him. It tells me that he probably didn't know it was coming. Gossart was likely blindsided by the fact he was even going to be shot. He didn't try to exit the vehicle. There was no signs of a struggle. He was sitting there. He trusted the person who had gotten the car, 
beside him. Shot right in the side of the head. Keys were still in the, in the ignition. Still had his sunglasses on. You and I have seen the pictures. His head kind of tilted to the right with the dried blood kind of dripping down his face. There are a couple weird things about it. One, so he, he appeared to have some drugs in his pants pockets. Uh, we've seen some of the autopsy pictures. And then he also apparently had drugs in his apartment. But so why didn't anybody take him? If it was a drug ripoff, why didn't anybody take him? What was the point? Was it a hit? Did he owe money? Did somebody get interrupted in the killing? We don't know. He was meeting somebody. We had a witness say that he tried to borrow or did borrow some money from him, and, and they told him he was going to go make a drug deal. And because he had the New York connections, some speculated it could have been a contract murder. Could have been sent a message. You know what I'm saying? They were intent on making sure that he wasn't going to survive. Now this news made national headlines. It was in New York Times, all over the place, but it really didn't surprise people because of his history. You got to speak to an ex-girlfriend of his, Harriet Schwartz, who dated him back in the 70s. Hi, one, two, three, one, two, three, testing one, two, three. Appreciate your time, Harriet. I won't take a whole lot of it. Let's just chat a little bit about Gus. This was a guy, loved what he was doing, loved the music, brought back obscure type of uh, doo-wop and oldies, and, uh, you know, he had it He had it all. Yeah, so she describes kind of a wild lifestyle. I mean, it's a bit glamorous. Uh, late 60s, early 70s, you're a DJ. That was still a really big deal, especially if you were a DJ in New York. Uh, worked, I think, starting with WCBS and then went on to PIX. You're kind of a big deal in the city. He would host gigs at performance halls where they'd play records, um, it was kind of glamorous. I, I loved his show. I loved the, the music he was playing. And I thought, well, this is somebody I want to get to know. My feeling is that Gus Gossett brought oldies back to New York. He did. Yeah, she was just kind of, I think, a young New York girl. And he was kind of this big jock on the radio. Very impressive. But he also had a dark side. Gus was a very intricately made human being. He had, there were a lot of facets to him. This was a guy that had a real parachute strung up over his bed, and it looked like a harem, you know? I mean, it, it was the weird, I thought it was the weirdest thing. He also liked to take bubble baths. Uh, there was a lot of facets to this man, but there was also a lot of evil, and the evil for me outweighed the good. Harriet talked about he could be a lot of fun to be with, but... He also mixed with a darker, shadier crowd and probably got into drugs too heavily. I, I remember her talking about a couple parties she went to that, where she thought, this is getting out of hand, this is trouble. I learned a lot from Gus Gossert. Some of it was good. It helped me to grow up. But some of it was really, really devilishly awful. And, and I was smart enough to know that I had to walk away. That's exactly what pushed her away. She recognized that. She knew it was something she shouldn't be mixed up with, and she kind of distanced herself from him. He was, uh, he was dealing drugs, and uh, I wasn't into that. He would have Halloween parties where he had to come in costume and remain in character, and people would be so weird and so strange. This was not the, you know, even a girl from the Bronx and a New Yorker, 
this was too much for me. When Harriet started to become concerned about the people that Gus was hanging with, she became aware that there were some very well-known people, celebrities, figures in probably not just New York, but in the U.S., who it appeared she thinks were uh, drug customers. didn't surprise me when I heard what happened, and I also felt that there was probably some validity to the fact that, who knows, maybe it was a woman that he jilted, uh, maybe it was the husband, as other people have told me. Whatever it was, it was, he brought it on himself. And I was sad for him, because here was a guy that had it in the palm of his hand, and he just threw it away. That's the only way I can put it. He could have been king of it if he only would have set himself straight. He had other issues that, uh, you know, got in the way. You wonder, that trouble, those drug issues, the wrong crowd, is that what landed Gus in this car dead? You know, when his body was found August 1976 on this East Tennessee back road, basically. That's what I would assume. I, I guess that's what the cops would assume. It's an unsolved homicide. Uh, nobody's ever been charged. Yeah, all those different theories. Nothing ever panned out, and that's kind of where we're at this day right now. There was never an answer as to who killed him. This case has always fascinated me because you had somebody, I know it's kind of like, you know, East Tennessee is sometimes the Bermuda Triangle of national news. We always seem to get weirdness. So you have this guy who ended up being kind of a national figure, uh, falls, tries to get back on his feet, uh, calls on some old friends to help him out, and we'll probably never know what happened, but obviously he met with the wrong person who took him out. And I think that's exactly what Harriet believed. He kind of led himself in the wrong direction and put him in this bad circumstance, and that's why he's not here today, still on the radio. I just feel like, rest in peace, Gus. You had everything, and you threw it away, and I'm sorry that that all this happened to you. And if you killed someone with that big of a following and notoriety, I think you would talk. I think people know there's somebody out there that has that information that they can come forward with and uh, put an end to this this case being cold. When we were doing reporting on this case, you know what I thought was interesting? I called some people in the radio industry here locally who knew him. Uh, One person who sort of mentored him, and they were like, oh, yeah, and they told me all kinds of stuff. They did not want to go on camera. They were still worried. It's fascinating to me. So, like, if you go on Facebook, there's a whole page dedicated to him. Uh, Just look up Gus Gossard on Facebook. And his name is still, I guess because of the nature of his business, broadcasting, and because it struck a chord with people, he's still out there. His voice is still out there. And if you go check out Amazon.com, there's an album out there which has him, I think, DJing some of his favorite 20-some doo-wop recordings. You can still listen to him. You can still buy it. His legacy lives lives on. I just, as you and I are talking, somebody out there knows what happened. If you think that money can pay for the hard years I have suffered, so things broke your way. I think one of the things that's sad about this story about Gus's death is he was young. He was 33 years old. Yes, he hung around with some bad people. Maybe got mixed up in some bad things. But he died in a really terrible way at a really young age with no answers. Um, We're not really sure if any of his family is still around, if there was anyone special to him that cared about him. But despite all that, he, he still deserves justice just like anybody. 
someone who's out there listening to this story or maybe have read about it online, they might know something about it that could help put an end to this case. Even if it's an anonymous tip, some little tad bit of information probably traveled. Um, if you do have any information you want to share it and you want to help close this case, you can call the Knox County cold case number at 865-215-2243.